I'm Jim Cameron of Jim Cameron Consulting, broadcasting from the Fountainhead, the home of Synergy Billing in Holly Hill, and I'm your host for Volusia Matters, a program that delves into the latest in Volusia's governmental and political issues. Now, this show will include interviews with city and county as well as school board officials, members of our legislative and congressional delegations, and other members in the political community on a variety of topics. But everything will focus on matters that impact Volusia, directly or indirectly. And now for the news. I'm sure you've heard that President Biden and House Speaker McCarthy have reached an agreement on the $31 trillion debt crisis ahead of a June 5th deadline. Both Democrat and Republican negotiators reached an agreement that could avert a catastrophic U.S. government default. After a 72-hour rule to view the compromise bill, it appears the House could vote on Wednesday and later in the week for the Senate. There was give and take on both sides and central to the compromise is a two-year budget deal that would hold spending flat for 2024 and increase it by 1% for 2025 in exchange for raising the debt limit for two years which would push the issue past the next presidential election. Now, Republicans got some, but not all, what they wanted. The agreement would raise the age for existing work requirements on able-bodied adults 49 to 54 without children and Biden secured waivers for veterans and the homeless. Now, support from both parties is needed in the House and Senate to win congressional approval before a projected June 5th government default on U.S. debts. Stay tuned. This just in, the Fiscal Responsibility Act would limit 20 24 defense spending to a 3% increase. Veterans would be fully funded. Non-defense spending would decrease 0.01%. Now, the nation's debt will continue to rise, but the debt limit would be suspended until January 2025. Also, 2023 discretionary spending is at $1.6 trillion and left alone would climb to 2029 spending at $1.9 trillion. Now, if this bill is approved this week, the bill would drop 2029 spending to 
$1.67 trillion. Now, progressive Democrats have expressed concerns regarding work requirements for food stamp recipients and others matters, but approximately 100 centrist Democrats are supporting the bill. And these same type concerns are also expressed on the Republican side. But note, this will not solve the nation's debt problem. Debt will continue to rise. All cuts are focused on discretionary non-defense spending, which is approximately 10% of the budget. The nation's debt is primarily Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, and taxes. And all of those were off the table for this bill. Also, when the debt ceiling expires in 2025, that is the same year that Trump's 2017 Tax Cut Act expires. So look for another long-term fight over fiscal issues. But with this bill, the government will put less money into the economy, which will affect gross domestic product. And by moving the next debt ceiling debate to 2025, takes pressure off financial markets. Next item. Last week, a groundbreaking took place for the Deland Sunrail Station. That station is set to open June 2024, or maybe May. We'll see. But at the same time, significant development will be taking place in DeBerry. Last week, I spoke with DeBerry City Manager Carmen Rosamanda, who provided these details. Well, the, the uh, Sunrail station uh, was approved in 2010 uh, at DeBerry, and uh, it was finally built in 2014. Um, we, uh, in 2010, along with the Sunrail station approval, uh, the city of DeBerry created a TOD district, Transit Oriented Development District, um, which was um, uh, for development that was consistent with mass transit. Uh, it, was high, it was high density um, and um, a little bit different than what DeBerry is used to. DeBerry is about 98% single family residents. Uh, so when we came in, the mayor and, and I came in 2019, um, we, we looked at the, the, the TOD was fairly stagnant. Uh, we didn't have much um, uh, opportunity as, as the lot configuration was extremely poor. Um, the density in some of those areas there was 32 units an acre. And so we, we formulated a, a strategy, a proactive strategy, to assemble some properties to create a, a DeBerry Main Street, which would be right across from the Sunrail Station. And we established, uh, we, 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 we'd put a moratorium in place to change some of our regulations so that developments um, would uh, be of DeBerry's image and not necessarily of the developer's image. And uh, currently, uh, we have a significant amount of growth, and uh, the TOD has now been revitalized uh, with the Berry Main Street. Uh, we have a Publix coming in um, across the street, uh, housing and everything else. Um, we're looking at approximately 
over the next three to five years, $1 billion of investment uh, in our TOD area. Oh, wow. Uh, and so it's just one of the things that uh, um, is going to be very successful. The Barry will finally have a downtown because it doesn't have a downtown. And it's a place that where we can hang our hat. And so uh, we're very proud of our accomplishments. And we really look forward to the uh, development coming for us in the next three to five years. Next item, at last week's Volusia League of Cities event, the following individuals were recognized. Employee of the Year Administration, David Ray from City of New Smyrna Beach. Community Planning and Development, Dennis Mrozak, City of Daytona Beach. Economic Enrichment, Nancy Maddox, City of Daytona Beach Shores. Parks Recreation, City of DeLand, Brad Keith. Public Safety, Detective Ben Benazette, City of Port Orange. Public Works, Utilities, Mari Luz Diaz, City of Port Orange. Citizen of the Year, Paul Hullab, City of Ormond Beach. Elected Official of the Year, Daytona Beach Shores Mayor Nancy Miller and Mary Skwadowski, Outstanding Women in Government, DeLand Commissioner Jessica Davis, Mayor Blaine O'Neill, Award of Excellence, Orange City Police Chief, Wayne Miller, Executive Officer of the Year, South Daytona City Manager, Les Gillis, and President's Award, County Volusia Emergency Management Director, Jim Judge. Congratulations to you all. Next item, I'd like to commend Tony Barhu of Living Faith World Ministries and State Attorney's Office Chaplain Larry Edwards for organizing the first law enforcement appreciation program last Thursday night. It was a fabulous turnout. Speakers included Daytona Beach Mayor Derek Henry, Police Chief Jakari Young, Circuit Judge Leah Case, NAACP President Cynthia Slater, County Council Member Matt Reinhart, and others. I hope this will become an annual event. Next item, candidates for 2024 election year, U.S. Congress, House Seat 7, Corey Mills, Republican, an incumbent, Alec Pastrana, Democrat, Moving on to Florida Senate, District 7, George Anthony T. Hill, Democrat, Jerry James, Republican, Tom Leake, Republican, House District 27, Stephen Wayne Shives, Republican, House District 28, Bill Partington, 
House District 29, Webster Barnaby, Republican, incumbent. House District 30, Chase Tremont, Republican, incumbent. Moving on to Volusia County offices, tax collector Will Roberts, incumbent. County Chair Jeff Brower, incumbent. Don Burnett, Randy Dye. County Council Member, District 2, Matt Reinhart. School Board, District 2, Angela Kopnicki. School Board, District 4, Merrick Brunker. New Smyrna Beach Mayor, Fred Cleveland, incumbent. Orange City Mayor, Kelly Marks. William Robert O'Connor, Ormond Beach Mayor, Susan Persis. Ormond Beach City Commission, Zone 3, Barbara Bonarigo and Kristen Deaton. Next item. Last week, I mentioned an upcoming Volusia Planning Development Workshop to explain changes to the county's land use element in their comprehensive plan. They want your input on how you want to see the county grow. The series kicks off this Wednesday, May 31st, 4 to 6 p.m. at the County Administration Building in DeLand. Next item, Daytona Beach, Daytona Beach Shores, Ormond Beach Police Departments and the Volusia County Sheriff's Department were out in force this past weekend along A1A to ensure the safety of everyone attending Memorial Day weekend events. And I'd like to also commend my friend Ted Hardesty and others for coordinating the Beachside Neighborhood Watch Cookout to feed our police officers this past weekend. Beachside Neighborhood Watch prepares hot dogs, hamburgers for those law enforcement officials putting in those extra hours for event weekends. And I'd also like to recognize my friend Sue Odina for pitching in at each cookout. And as for some upcoming events, Volusia County Council members Danny Robbins, Matt Reinhardt, and Troy Kent will host a meeting on the beach Saturday, June 10th, 9 a.m. to noon at the Harvard Drive Approach in Ormond Beach. Parking will be available at Andy Romano Beachfront Park or parking available on the beach with a pass. Another item coming up uh, this Saturday, June the 3rd, 11 a.m., is the Veterans Museum one-year anniversary. That'll take place at 302 Vermont Avenue, Daytona Beach. And I'd also like to mention that this Friday, June 2nd, will be the last day of the Volusia County school year. 
And before we interview today's guest, I'd like to put in a word about Fountainhead, Jason Myers Headquarters Campus in Holly Hill for Synergy Billing. This facility is on the site of the old Holly Hill Middle School, 1200 Center Avenue, just north of LPGA Boulevard. Synergy Billing, a medical billing and coding company, is just one segment of Fountainhead, and there's more to come, so stay tuned. Our guest today, Edgewater Mayor DeSalle DePew, was elected last year as the youngest elected official in the state's history. I believe he's the nation's second youngest mayor as well. He was born and raised in Edgewater, where at age 12 began a lawn and landscaping business. Later, his equipment was stolen, but community members donated his equipment he needed to get back in business. He then pledged to repay the community's support. He, 2022 class president at New Smyrna Beach High School, he graduated with honors and is currently pursuing a degree in political science. Today, as our guest, we have with us Edgewater Mayor DeSalle DePew, and uh, glad to have you with us here today. Well, thank you, Mr. Cameron. I appreciate you having me. Okay. Well, let's just jump right into the questions. City of Edgewater, y'all have a $22.8 million general fund budget this year, and in the next few months, you're going to have to restart that process for fiscal year 2023-24. Any specific challenges you see in next year's budget? Well, our police department is actually one of the lowest paid police forces in Volusia County. Um, we're having a problem with competitive pay. I'd like to see that fixed within the next year and especially next year. And of course, inflation is always a struggle as well. Okay. Edgewater is in a particularly strategic location uh, as it relates to aerospace. Uh, you got the Cape just right down there below y'all. But uh, I, I know we focused on here in Volusia County, southeast of Volusia, to try to locate aerospace companies. And we got a good workforce though. Uh, what type of possibilities do you see for Edgewater? There's definitely a future in it. Um, we just had a one million square foot uh, warehouse space development come on our horizons and they are a space industry that we'll be developing in our Park Town Industrial Center. So that'll create several jobs in Edgewater and be a wonderful plus to our community. So there's people who are already looking into that, Jim, and I think there's definitely a future in aerospace and aeronautical in uh, Edgewater. Okay. Uh, anything else down there, though, I mean, as you see on the job front, though, I mean, just... Uh say manufacturing anything else that you perceive well of course or blessed of course with the boat manufacturers boston whaler edgewater and everglades and dodger manufacturing so there's definitely manufacturers that have looked in edgewater in the past and choose to develop there so i think that edgewater would be a wonderful place to have several manufacturers come in and develop in the future 
and we're reaching out to several developers who are interested in, in developing commercial sites in Edgewater. Okay. Uh, I believe it was week before last that I attended your Edgewater uh, visiting, visioning planning session yes. from there at City Hall. Mm-hmm. And a uh, great turnout y'all had that night. And so, um, but uh, yeah, tell me, and just well, let's go in a little bit more detail on that. So sure. Tell me, how do you think it went, and what do you see where this goes from from here? Well, I definitely think it was an interesting discussion. Um, we basically just spoke about a Park Avenue downtown location in the future. There were several residents who still had a lot of unanswered questions. I believe that we're going to have to do this again in the future. Um, I believe that we need to do our whole community. As of one, we do have a vision session plan from 2008, which we are still working towards. And this was to update that vision plan. And I'm looking forward to hopefully doing it again in the future and having a more successful uh, discussion to an- for the uh, consultant to answer the citizens' questions a little bit more thoroughly. And y'all used to was at uh, Kimley Horn. I, I believe so. so yeah, yes. They, they did a good job. They did. And... Um, and from what I took from that, though, it looks like the the city, and I believe y'all got some land west of the city hall where it is. We right did. Now, uh, I believe y'all got about what eighty acres or something for we, future plans. Yes, sir. Um, on four forty two Boulevard, um, just right to the left of the Florida Source Truck Center, if you're on four forty two, we purchased approximately seventy five acres for a future city hall, a future fire station, and a police station and hopefully a community center at that location. We're hopefully gonna have that completed within the next 10 years. Okay, is that gonna be a joint building all together? It won't be a joint building, it'll be separate, but it'll all be on that one on that. land parcel. Okay, okay. But it, it, what you're saying, it definitely looks like, I mean, just that you are, like say, gonna be moving westward though. Well, I believe that we have to, develop on our coastal side as well uh-huh. but of course Farmington's on the horizons for the city of Edgewater and they expect us to be the largest community in Volusia County by 2050 so we are definitely going to have a spike in development especially on the west side here pretty soon that were planned as early as 1980. I heard that same thing too before mm-hmm. uh, about 2050 though that Edgewater does have the potential of what being Volusia's largest city. Yes, sir. So, mm-hmm. uh, anyhow, let's see how things go. Absolutely. Now, the legislature just completed their session a few weeks ago up there in Tallahassee. Any specific bills that Edgewater was following up there in Tallahassee? Anything that's got on y'all's radar screen that you uh, were concerned with? Not necessarily. We follow them all thoroughly. We all meet about them, and we, we have an update uh, monthly. But we, we really didn't have one that spiked our interest. Me and the manager did not. Um, we spoke about a few of them related to affordable housing that we had some concerns about, but that's that's about it. Yeah, there's quite a bit of talk coming mm-hmm. out about that uh, Lead Local Act. So, Absolutely. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. So. Mm-hmm. But uh, any, uh, any closing comments that you could share with us now? Well, I love being mayor of the wonderful city of Edgewater. We have wonderful things on our horizons here in the future. And I appreciate you having me today, Jim. And just remember that Edgewater runs on diesel. <laughs> oh, cheesy. 
Lisa, we're sure glad to have you with us today, and please come back and see us again. Absolutely. Thank you, Jim. Okay. In closing, again, I'd like to thank today's guest, Edgewater Mayor DeSalle DePew, for joining us. And look for a new podcast episode to be released next week. And the views expressed on this podcast may or may not necessarily express the opinions of Jim Cameron Consulting. And for more news, check out my newsletter, which is emailed each month. And if you're not receiving it, call me at 566-2140. And I'd like to congratulate all local entities for Memorial Day events. I went to the Holly Hill ceremony, and it was well attended. And American Legion's Paul Martell gave an excellent presentation as to the purpose of Memorial Day, where it was pointed out that less than 1% of our population serves in the military. This is Jim Cameron saying peace, love, and roll tide.